Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you feel like you're the only young person who cares about your Catholic faith? Do you look around at Mass and only see silver foxes? We're Jake and Kathy, a young adult married couple, and we're here to tell you, you're not alone. That's why it's time to get Truth Pops. You're going to get a podcast designed specifically for you, a young adult Catholic in a pop culture world. The countdown is on for Truth Pop. We'll connect Christ into culture. Sports Yak is powered by Notre Dame Athletics. Experience the excitement of cheering the Fighting Irish onward to victory. Tickets for Notre Dame Athletic events are available at und.com slash buy tickets. From South Bend, Indiana, it's the Sports Yak Podcast. This is Jimmy Shorts. The number one most downloaded sports podcast on the Studio DNA Podcast Network. What doofus would name a podcast after a stupid Tibetan ox? Probably one of these morons. Corey Mann, and maybe it was Chuck Freebie. And away we go with episode 132, Chuck Freebie. It's the Carlos Zambrano episode, Corey Mann. Feel like I've heard that name before. Yes, you have. Former Cub pitcher had six straight years of double-digit wins on the north side. Tended to walk a lot of people, but managed to get away with that. Feisty temper. Yes. yes. Actually, he's still pitching in Chicago, out on the uh, the west, uh, the uh, northwest side. Yes. Some team, the Chicago Hot Dogs or something. Sea Dogs or yeah. something like that. Like in in hopes of. Re, get, a resurgence career. I would assume that he still wants to pitch in the bigs. I, he is throwing 97, and when I see that Cub bullpen, I think, hmm, maybe. <laughs> we'll talk about that in a moment. Let's talk about 20 and 3. That's how many he got right Friday, high school football. That's not bad for an opening week of high school football season when you haven't seen any of these teams play. Week one, your thoughts on the Central Memorial game as you were there calling it? Well, you were there as well. Uh, That's the most people I've seen at Rice Field for a football game since Elkhart had one school back in the early 70s. Uh, Terrific crowd. Uh, Seemed to be a crowd that had no uh, incidents. Uh, There were no problems whatsoever. Took a while to get in and out of the parking lots, as you might expect when you have that many people. Uh, but I thought game management went really well. The crowd was terrific. They were into the game. And I thought the action on the field for about three quarters was top-notch. Elkhart Central 
has a very talented football team, and I think the Blue Blazers could be a force to be reckoned with this year. I was uh, eavesdropping listening to your broadcast as I stood behind you in the press box, and I believe the question had come up about who's going to be the coach of Elkhart football. And we don't know the answer to that yet. I flat out asked Josh Shattuck that question because a lot of people, I think, assume that Josh Shattuck will be the head coach. Uh, Scott Shaw over at Elkhart Memorial is older, seems to be on the verge of retirement, and a lot of people think Shattuck, who is a dynamic young coach, will automatically inherit the team. But he said that Elkhart will open up a, a coaching search to try to find the coach of the new Unified High School. Now, he will apply, and obviously he will have some insight as to the talent and the program and what should be done. But he certainly shares the mindset that this is going to be a very lucrative job when these two schools merge. This will be the seventh largest high school in the state of Indiana. And you should go out and get the best coach you can. If that coach is Josh Shattuck, so be it. But if it's somebody else, he understands. Any other big surprising moments from Friday Night Football? I think the Northridge-Adams game was compelling. Northridge wins that 35-34. Adams goes for two and the win rather than trying to go into overtime and comes up about a yard short. We warned you that Valpo was really, really good, and they handed it to Penn on Friday night. Doesn't mean the Penn, by the end of the year, can't be a good football team, but they uh, they clearly had their struggles. Mishawaka, I think, was impressive in its win over Portage. Now, I don't know how good Portage is, but the fact of the matter is Mishawaka had a brand-new quarterback out there, had some problems with fumbles a couple of times early in the game, got that corrected, and uh, the Cavemen, under the tutelage of Keith Kinder, looked very good on Friday night. Your week looks a little awkward this week. It's a little busy this week mm-hmm. because we have two games this week. We have a high school doubleheader that will show on TV 46 on Friday night. Thursday night, we go up into Michigan. They open up on Thursday night because uh, the state of Michigan would prefer its schools not play on the Friday of Labor Day weekend. They want uh, that to be a big tourism weekend around the state. They want the citizens to participate. So Dwajak and Edwardsburg will play that Cass County rivalry game on Thursday night. The Eddies, the defending state champs in Division 6 or Division 4, maybe. And I'll know that by Thursday night. I guarantee you that. Uh, But that's the game we record Thursday night. We'll show that Friday night at 8 and then Friday night at 11. Bishop Chatard takes on Northwood. This was the matchup in the 2005 state title game when Northwood won the state title 7 to nothing by the way that is the last state title that anybody from the Indiana portion of our viewing area has won so the two most recent football state titleists from our area Edwardsburg and Northwood will be shown on 46 this weekend Chittard, where what location is that Indianapolis Indianapolis okay i can't wait to hear your report on Edwardsburg like how many have left since the state championship on to college or whatever? Yeah, they've graduated a lot of people, but they have a young man back by the name of Josh Preby, who is a offensive lineman that will be headed to Northwestern. And they've got a pretty good running back in the, by the name of Mac Gadelski, who had somewhere around 500 yards rushing last year. Uh, 
They had a lot of weapons last year. They lose some of those weapons. We'll see what Kevin Bartz is able to cobble back together, and this is 25th season at the helm of the Eddies. Hello. This certainly isn't how I uh, envision this or plan this, uh, but but I am going to retire. Uh, this is not an easy decision. Uh, honestly, it's the hardest decision of my life, but it is the right decision for me. For the last four years or so, I've been in this cycle of injury, pain, rehab, injury, injury, pain, rehab, and it's been unceasing and relenting, unrelenting, both in season, both in and off season. And I felt stuck in it. And the only way I see out uh, is is to to no longer play football. It's taken my joy of this game away. I've been stuck in this process. I haven't been able to live the life I want to live, taking the joy out of this game. And after 2016, where I played in pain and was unable to regularly practice, I made a vow to myself that I would not go down that path again. I find myself in a similar situation. And the only way forward for me is to remove myself from football in this cycle that I've been in come to the proverbial fork in the road i made a vow to myself that if i ever did again i would choose choose me in a sense we had a way laid back saturday because we knew we were going to be busy on sunday went out to dinner came home clicked on the bears colts game and clicked on twitter during that game my goodness that's a lot of andrew luck talk i'll say it i was not surprised i feel like an odd duck by saying that but i think back to his football career Injury, 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 pain, sitting out, plays a little bit, injury. You're bound to get sick of that. Oh, of course. No, I I fully understand Luck's decision to retire. I don't understand the Colt fans booing him. Well, I don't get me, that at let all. Let me take that back. Let me take that back. Here's why. There has been a history with the Indianapolis Colts and that fan base, particularly centered around the Andrew Luck injuries, the shoulder problem in 2017, coming back last year, and now the leg injury this year, mm-hmm. where there has been a perception among the fan base, and probably an accurate one, that the Colts have been less than honest with them about Luck's injuries in order to sell tickets. Okay. So... They're not booing Andrew Luck. They're booing the organization. Yes. Now, if they feel Luck is complicit in that, maybe they're booing Andrew Luck. I don't think Andrew Luck is necessarily complicit in the way that the Colts have handled that. But I think that's a boo to the organization. Why didn't you just tell us? Why weren't you just honest with us? Mm-hmm. Instead, you're you're selling us hope that he's going to be back. So we buy our tickets. And then he's not coming back. And now he's not coming back for good. Yeah. Jerseys are getting peeled off during the game. People are moaning and weeping and crying and yelling. But enough about the defensive line. Well, here's the other problem. uh, Twofold problem for the Colts in this game. So Adam Schefter of ESPN tweets this out as the game is going on. Mm -hmm. And as my wife asked me, well, why couldn't he just wait until after the game? Because he doesn't know for sure that somebody else doesn't have the same information yeah. and is going to beat him on the story. And he's kind of got, uh, and I didn't know who he was, so I immediately looked at his profile, ESPN Insider. Yeah. It feels like that's what an insider would probably do. Exactly. I got the scoop, push. Here you go. Yeah. I've got the information. I've got it confirmed 100%. Here we go. Yeah. So I don't have a, 
And and granted, I get it being in this business. Mm-hmm. I get it. Uh, so I don't have a problem with Adam Schefter releasing the story. Now, how did he get that confirmed? That was the other question my wife asked. Obviously, I don't know the answer to that. I don't know who's releasing that information. But whoever is releasing that information perhaps shouldn't have confirmed it until after the game was over. The understanding was, apparently, that Andrew Luck was planning on having a press conference on Sunday Sunday. to announce his retirement. Fact of the matter is he had to have it Saturday night after the game because everybody's sitting in the stands, and here's the instant access area that we live in now with social media. You're sitting in the stands watching the game. Your phone beeps. Andrew Luck uh, will retire. Huh? Wait a minute. He's right down there on the sidelines. What do you mean he will retire? And all of this happens during the game. Now, the second part of this is, and I don't know which announcing team you watched. Were you watching the Bears coverage of it or the Colts? Oh, boy. Shoot, Chuck. It felt... it. It leaned Colts. I am told that the Colts broadcast coverage of this um, left a lot to... They they were trying to act like this wasn't either true or it was no big deal. I'm, I'm starting to remember the announcer saying you can start to see the other players come up and shake Andrew's hand and maybe they've gotten word because however that happened... They're on their phone during the game? Or well, I mean, somebody near them yeah. is on, the, you know, the players might not be, but somebody on the stat, somebody on the training staff. I mean, there's a hundred people down there on the sidelines. Yeah. Hmm. What channel did I watch that on? What did you watch? I, I wasn't watching. I was watching the college football game. Oh, okay. I think I was watching, uh, tw- what, what, no, what am I on CBS? What did it? There, well, the Bears have their own preseason broadcast. The Colts have theirs. I think the Colts one was carried locally because I saw Tom Noy, our buddy from the South Bend Tribune, tweeting about, come on, Colts announcers, get, okay. get with it. Yeah, yeah. And that's why I bring that up because it sounds like they were, you know, they're employed by the ball club. So I'm sure they're trying to walk the fine line between what does the team want us to say and what should we say journalistically? And and that's the problem when you have those kind of broadcasts. If you have a uh, if you have a neutral or objective broadcast, then you can go journalistically and attack the issue. But when it's done by the team, that's a different story. I'm going to ask you to look into your crystal ball. Do you see him as a commentator? Do you see him behind a microphone? Do you see him uh, fade into the sunset? Well, he he's an intelligent guy, and he's never had any problem speaking, so he could talk into a microphone if he wants. Uh, I can also see him branching out and, and doing some other things in life besides football. Uh, but the bigger question now for the Colts is, what do you have behind Jacoby Brissett? Because there's lots of times that quarterbacks don't make it through all 16 games of a season. Mm-hmm. And that's why I put the the question out on my uh, Twitter account Saturday night, you know, what do you think will happen with the Colts this year? Will they have a winning record? Will they go eight and eight or are they doomed? And when I said, are they doomed? 
you know, some people didn't interpret that as I meant it, which was a losing record. That's what doom is in the NFL. Because if you have a losing record, you're not making the playoffs. And, of course, most people believe that they are doomed. <laughs> Miserable weekend uh, for Cubs fans you have here in your notes. Well, and that's accurate. You were at Wrigley Field. What was the mood like yesterday? I don't want to say miserable. I thought it was an enjoyable game to be at weather-wise. I mean, it was overcast. We were in the shade. It was fun. But, yeah, you you, you had a sense of we just can't get some hits going here. And they kept rolling out pitchers, and I think you and I counted seven seven this morning. Yeah, seven so, pitchers yesterday. So my son asked on the way home, do you think they can make it to the playoffs? I said, it's going to be a miracle because Brewers, Dodgers, Cardinals are much better than them. <laughs> in the, in well, the I don't bullpen. know that the Brewers I know. are. Yeah, I don't know that the Brewers are. Here's the status for the Cubs right now. They're two and a half behind the Cardinals in the NL Central. They do have the second wild card spot by a game and a half over Philadelphia. Have the day off today. They're going on a three-game trip to New York, and they will wind up facing two of the Mets' best pitchers in Noah Syndergaard and Jacob deGrom. And we all know, as has been harped on this show since April, the Cubs have not played well on the road this year. No. So... To be swept at home, and not only swept at home, you were swept at home by a team that you would likely have to face in a wild card game. <laughs> it, that does not look promising for the Cubs. You got to hope that at some point the St. Louis Cardinals cool off. They have been red hot through the month of August, and that's how they've gained this two and a half game lead. The Cubs have a, a week coming up where they go to New York, they come home, they've got three with the Brewers, and then they've got two with the Seattle Mariners. You almost feel like they have to sweep at home, and if they can get one out of the three in New York, they should be okay. But this is a team right now that just, and they've looked this way to me all year, there just isn't a whole lot of spark. Yeah. And there's not a whole lot of fire in the team now and and I'm critical of their offensive approach I just think they have too many swings and misses that was the biggest difference to me between Washington and the Cubs over the weekend I can't tell you how many two strike hits the Washington Nationals had in that series and particularly in that game yesterday they had a ton of two strike hits whereas the Cubs two strikes Throw him a breaking ball that's not going to be anywhere near the plate and just watch him flail. Mm-hmm. Did I did I miss uh, Rizzo? Is he injured? Rizzo's got some back problems. Oh, yeah. okay. That's why he didn't play yesterday. And then Addison Russell got called up from Iowa. Yeah, well, so David Bodie. David Bodie got sent down to Iowa earlier in the week, and five days later they called him back up because with Rizzo hurt, their depth and position players was minimal. Yeah. yeah. Still a fun day at the ballpark. Got to see the uh, the mascot. Got to see him push an adult lady out of the way for a little kid. I, I very much enjoyed that. Ate at Rizzo's. No um, relation to Anthony. Had some wonderful wings as uh, we watched the uh, ninth and tenth inning. What right do you across think the street. of what do you think of what they've done outside the ballpark and the renovations they've made there? I I remember uh, parking at McDonald's as a young man. I remember parking at the Taco Bell on Addison for. $40 and having to wait a half an hour to get my car out of there. 
having a sandwich at the Cubby Bear. I think it's a little more classy. It feels a little bit more family-friendly. I would agree. You got your yeah. little water spouts for the kids. You can kind of sit in a, the... It looks like a park. Mm-hmm. Park picnic area. Um, yeah. Uh, I find uh, the staff more friendlier at the park these days. Very... Uh, I, I asked a few questions and got like, you know... I felt like I was on another tour of the park again. But, um, you know, it's also an expensive day. Oh, yeah. An expensive day. Yes, had, had it is. I had to explain that to my son yesterday. He's like, I don't know if I want to go. Well, you're going. <laughs> and you're going to have a blast with your sister who's having a birthday today. So it was good. Okay. 32 games left. Let's see what happens. White Sox got a 2 nothing win over Texas yesterday. They used five pitchers. Ronaldo Lopez was removed after five innings with a no-hitter because, well, he was throwing up. Uh, so Really? <laughs> yeah. Mm. So they wind up having to go to the bullpen, but they held Texas to a one-hitter, Tigers. Eh. And uh, South Bend Cubs were rained out. They've got a big doubleheader with Bowling Green tonight. Oh. Uh, the uh, Hot Rods. Did I see the game starts at 6 for a doubleheader? Uh, that could be, yeah. Ooh, that's a long night. Yeah, it is. Is that here? No, no, that's oh, in okay. Bowling Green, which is even worse because oh. then you drive home after the game oh. or drive on to the next place. I think they drive on to the next place. They might be done, what, midnight, maybe? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. All right. Welcome to minor league baseball, baby. <laughs> River Ridge, Louisiana. Wins the Little League World Series. Uh, this is always uh, a fun event. You love seeing the sportsmanship that the kids show, uh, the joy they seem to have from just playing, and uh, they they draw big crowds to Williamsport, Pennsylvania for this. So they get the win over Curacao yesterday. Interestingly enough, the, the tiny island nation of Curacao, population 156,000, uh, just started playing Little League Baseball about five years ago. Boy, they've got some players there. And, um, you know, they overcame Japan, which is a traditional power in Little League Baseball. And then uh, Louisiana they were the first team from that area to ever make the Little League World Series, and they beat Hawaii, which was the defending champ. As we get ready to wrap up, let's uh, chat about the $15 million man real quick. Rory McIlroy. Now, this this was an interesting golf tournament, Corey, because at the PGA Tour Championship, you start based on your standing. So, for instance, Justin Thomas was the number one seed going in so he gets to start with a score of 10 under par uh and then brooks kepka i think was nine under uh rory mcelroy was five under par to start the tournament so he had to make up he had to beat justin thomas by five strokes to win and he did mcelroy played outstanding golf over the weekend i think his actual playing score was 13 under par And so he gets the Tour Championship for the second time in his career. The first time he won the Tour Championship, he took home a paltry sum of $10 million. Yesterday, he takes home a check for $15 million for winning one golf tournament. That's pretty impressive. So he becomes just the second man to win multiple Tour Championships. Of course, the other one is Tiger Woods, who won it last year. And, and McElroy said the interesting thing, they play this event at the same course every year. It's the East Lake Golf Club in Atlanta. Many, many, many years ago, 
I was fortunate enough to be able to play there. And it's a beautiful course. But the thing about it is, so they play it every year there. Last year, okay, imagine the galleries that Tiger Woods gets, and they're just, they're all around him, and they're cheering him on, and Rory McIlroy's paired with Tiger on that final day, and Rory didn't put up much of a challenge, and he's hearing all these chants for Tiger, and it's just driving him nuts. Well, yesterday, similar scene, maybe not quite as many people, but people chanting his name, Rory, Rory, and he said, just the juxtaposition that went through his head of, here's what it was like last year, and here's what it's like this year, made it all the more rewarding for him. And the $15 million check. Made it all the more rewarding. The real big one that can't even fit in his Escalade. Yes. I love that. This is Tim Newton, voice of Purdue football. Catch every Boilermaker game on Pulse FM. Now back to Sports Yak. A reminder, Purdue football, if you're in the South Bend area, you can hear on 921, 96.9, 103.1, all at the same time this Friday night. Yes, a 9.30 kickoff as they take on the Wolfpack of Nevada. And we'll have pregame coverage beginning at 8.30. Chuck had a chance to talk to the voice of Purdue football, Tim Newton, on episode 128. If you want to go back and listen to that, it was a decent conversation. More than likely, we'll have a chat with him again as the season progresses. And then uh, IU on Saturday. Saturday at noon from Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis as they take on the Ball State Cardinals. And we had the chance to talk with Don Fisher, the voice of the Hoosiers. I think that might have been episode 127. You're right. You're absolutely right. You can go back and listen to that in our archives. And then, of course, Monday night is Notre Dame and Louisville. So a week from tonight on Labor Day night. By the way, we won't have a sports check for you Labor Day. No. No. Actually, the whole week, I'm gone. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm going to that radio conference. Oh. Yeah. Good to know. Unless you want to do it yourself. Probably not. All right. I could teach you. Oh, I'm sure you could. Yeah, yeah. We'll be back a week after. Sorry. Okay. Good. Then I can file that away yeah. mentally. That I'll be in early those days. I'll give you some time to do some other things. Really? We're not really. <laughs> All right, Chuck. We've hit that uh, part of the show where it's like, are we done? Well, uh, really, your weekend was spent at Wrigley Field, and you were at the same uh, high school football game I was, so Mm -hmm. I assume that you didn't have a chance to sample too much pop culture over the weekend. John Wick 3, I had an iTunes gift card for my birthday, so I purchased that movie on the old streaming. Love me some Keanu Reeves with a gun. (laughs) Oh, and today marks the, uh, the 51st anniversary of the release of Hey Jude. Oh, man. By the Beatles. Originally called Hey Jules, written for Julian Lennon, because Paul noticed that uh, Julian was a little sad. His dad was going through a divorce at the time with his first wife, Mm -hmm. Julian's mother. And that was also the first single on Apple Records, which with the four guys, the four Beatles, started their own label. So there were five singles that started off, and Hey Jude was one of them. There were four actually other bands on the label. And so... um, I have a great podcast. The guy's name is, uh, his last name's Mansfield. He was the U.S. representative of their label, and he went to the seven biggest radio stations in America with a seven-minute 45 record (laughs) and said, would you play this if we gave this to you? This is the Beatles' new song. We realize that we live in a world of three-minute songs. 
would you play this? And everyone were absolutely, but he could not leave the record with him. It was the original copy. Wow. So he had to take that that 45 truck to the seven stations, Boston, Florida, California, New York, Chicago, and all of these program directors were laying in fetal positions on the floor going, absolutely, we will play this song. It's a masterpiece. So did they roll reel to reel and record it, or what? how did they? They would be getting it to probably oh, okay. a week or two later. All right. Yep. It was a it was a test project. How about I gotcha. that? I got you. Yeah. Um, would you say that's the greatest of all Beatles songs? That is a great question. I would. The greatest of all of them. Yes. I think it is the greatest of their original voice. I think early on the Beatles were trying to be Little Richard, oh, okay. Jerry Lee Lewis, all right. you know, style music. Yes. Then they start doing their drugs. Then they start kind of getting into their own whatever. <laughs> I think that's the best representation of them as a band. Okay. So I would, I would agree with you, yes. Can I look up something real quick? Yeah, go ahead. Let me see here. While he does that, I'll remind you of the email contest that we have because we're going to be giving away some tickets on Friday. Friday! To both the Brickyard 400 down in Indianapolis and to Mark Martell performing at Four Winds in New Buffalo. Mark Martell did all the vocals for Bohemian Rhapsody and Mm -hmm. uh, is a dead ringer for the sound of Freddie Mercury. So if you want either of those ticket combos, send an email to sportsyak with two Ks at gmail.com. The sportsyak. The the sportsyak at gmail.com. Put Brickyard in the subject line if you want the Brickyard tickets. Put Queen in the subject line if you want the Mark Martell tickets. Either way, you can enter as many times as you want, so just bombard that inbox and see if you wind up winning said tickets. Oh, they have, Chuck Freebie. Oh, they have. Good. Uh, I have another podcast. It's an interview podcast called What Else? Episode number 42 is a guy by the name of Ken Mansfield. Ken was up on the roof when the Beatles played their last show together, And like I told you earlier, he was the guy that was their U.S. representative when it was time to shop the singles to radio. It's actually a great conversation. One of my favorite episodes of What Else? Episode 42. His name is Ken Mansfield. There you go. Okay. There you go. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. Sports Yak with two Ks. Enter those contests like Chuck said. Until next time, maniacs. Ooga looga. Heine manoush van lingo mungo noodles. Han. You've been listening to Sports Yak, brought to you by Notre Dame Athletics. Experience the excitement of cheering the Fighting Irish onward to victory. Tickets for Notre Dame Athletic events are available at und.com slash buy tickets. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.